You are listening to episode 83 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name's John. I'm joined by my good friend, Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators podcast. We like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we pick up so much stuff in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. So, uh, for those of you out there not knowing what Ryan's talking about, we played, was it We Love Katamari or Katamari no, Damacy? Katamari Katamari Damacy this week on the PlayStation 2. Ton of fun. Dude, I haven't played that game since high school. I haven't ever played that game, I don't think. I may have played one of them at one point in time, and I do own one of them, but I've not played that one for sure. Yeah, so that one is definitely one of my favorites. I used to play it for hours upon hours on end with my brother. And we had a blast. It was just a fun game overall. Yeah, so, I think I'm definitely going to get some time in on that soon. Yeah, well, you said you had it for the Vita, right? You picked yeah. it up when, when you went to Japan? Yeah, I, th I thought, like, this is a game I don't really need to read what's going on to be able to enjoy and play. So I picked it up because it was cheap and there, and I was felt like buying something. <laughs> so yeah. I think that I'll uh, I'll use that as a, as a roadmap to get myself back into playing games on my Vita, and then I can keep playing Persona 4. Well, that is a good entry point into your Vita, man, uh, seeing as you have neglected our, you know, new games resolution this year. Hey, you guys, you guys know what happened last year. There's no reason to be surprised. If you didn't see this coming, then you probably haven't been listening since last year. So thanks for joining us. You can check us out at thegamedeflators.com. You can find us on social media at The Game Deflators on Facebook and Instagram at Just Game Deflators on Twitter. And uh, all your favorite podcast hosting platforms, Google Play, iTunes, um, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Podcast Spotify. Addict. And remember, we ask that you leave us six star reviews, but we'll settle for five. Yeah, if you can't leave six stars, it's understandable. Go ahead and just pop in five. We'll be just as happy with that. And of course, leave a good review. Uh, it's always nice to have that, and it helps us get uh, more listeners. So before we get on with it, I want to thank the Game Tenants for having us on their podcast on Wednesday. It was a great time sitting down talking with those guys. Uh, we've known them online for a while. They're a great group of dudes, and they're you know out there collecting, playing games, killing games. Like way, I'm so impressed with how many games they beat compared to like what I try to do. Dude, Jason, uh, Corpse Slug Gaming, yeah, he's absolutely he's a ridiculous. monster. Yeah, and in Church of Game Grinder, I mean, he he tackles some games he on an annual basis too. too. Yeah, so but dude, Jason's just like ridiculous, dude. So check them out, check us out on them, let them know we sent you, and. Uh, Give them six stars as well. Yeah, six stars. Uh, and if it's on YouTube, give them a thumbs up. Uh, I think that one, Game Tennis Podcast, I think Church has all that handled on YouTube through the Game Grinder. So mm -hmm. if you check that out. And then you can find them on SoundCloud uh, and other podcast applications as well. Like I think they're on Podcast Addict and and uh, iTunes and Apple and all that too. So yeah, give them a shout out. And we had a great episode with those guys. And cool enough, man, like... That episode when we started recording was like the same day that they announced the Game Boy Micro and nope. the uh, Dragon. What the Fog Gaming wasn't it like the Game same Gear day? Game Gear Micro. Game Gear. Jesus Christ, <laughs> man! I am all over the place. It's because I've talked about my, my micro so much. Yeah, th that's a gaffe that stays. Yeah. So Sega announced the Game Boy Micro. Um, okay, so uh, dude, let's get into our pickups, man, for this week. I didn't pick up anything, but I swear, man. I've had dreams of the Game Gear Micro the last couple days, so I'm I really want one of those. It's not a pickup yet, but future pickup. I'm trying to look at my shelf to see what I picked up because I, I literally just organized the other day. John's been doing he's been trying to do some cleaning. His room is still a mess, but I mean I can see floor where there was none before. Well, and the other thing too that's kind of worrying me is I'm putting everything in totes to stick in the garage. Totes. And obviously in Arizona we have like ridiculous heat. Yeah. But my garage doesn't face like east or west, so it doesn't get as hot oddly enough or no my garage faces east so it doesn't get that heavy heat in the middle of the day because it's above the mm -hmm. house at that point so i'm not sure like if i want to put them in the garage and keep them in there i went in today and it, it was it was hot because i was walking around and doing stuff but like for the most part if i were to just sit in there i'd probably be okay so i don't know man i i hate putting games in a garage but they're in totes i guess they're kind of protected so we'll see somebody's going to comment on here and be like you're an idiot 
but yeah, so dude, my pickups, I got Home Sweet Home on the PS4. So it's actually one of the rare VR games on the PS4. Uh, I am still waiting for Best Buy to ship out my copy of Paranormal Activity VR. And I doubt they have it. I, I think I got it off of a fluke in their system. And then I got Ghost Parade on the Nintendo Switch and Magic Cards. I got a big collection of Magic Cards today uh, during our recording day, which is the most random thing I could have picked up. But at 50 bucks, I kind of justified it based on just a few rares alone I, think, I could sell. I think we're losing John, folks. I think his grip on reality is slowly slipping away as he thinks that he can sell, uh, you know, Magic Cards now. Dude, I have been playing, trading, and selling Magic Cards for probably 15 years. Since I've been before on you were born! Since before you were born. Yeah, so I actually started playing Magic when I was in college. And, you know, we talked about this on a D&D episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A while yeah. back. So, uh, yeah, I played a lot of Magic when I was in college. I worked in a card shop. So I've been around thousands upon thousands of cards, seen some of the rarest cards in the game's history, had them in my hands and such. And, uh, yeah, it was... Um, it was an interesting pickup, just kind of off of a whim. The person had a number of cards. I flipped through and was like, all right, cool. Like, I think it's worth 50 bucks. So, you know, definitely worth the pickup. Mm -hmm. How, and you said you didn't have anything, right? No, no pickups for me and no new games that I've really been playing. Just playing more Monster Train. Uh, I beat it again. What, Monster Train? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a roguelike. So it's like, once you get through, I'm trying to do, there's... Um, like I said before, there's five different demon races, and you pick two, a main one and a support one. So after you beat one with one combination of that, you get, you know, a check mark with like, a, oh, this is, you did that. You did it at this difficulty level. Good for you. So it's like that lizard checking off boxes brain is, is in love with that part still, so... And there's still new cards that I haven't unlocked, so it's like, I'm definitely going to keep playing this game until I've at least unlocked all the cards, because I definitely have, like, done a couple runs where I was like, eh, maybe I've kind of gotten through all this, maybe it wasn't as great as I kind of thought it was at first, because I recommended it to a couple friends that love this genre, and they kind of passed on it, and um, since then, I have kind of gotten restoked because I did some new combinations of things that I didn't really think that was an option. So that's really cool when you get these new cards and it's like, okay, now I can do a potential run where this kind of stuff happens. And I didn't really realize that that was an option here. So they, it opens up new avenues. Now I have to ask, how is the turnip sales going in Animal Crossing? I still haven't tuned into Animal Crossing. I know June's, June's already... Slipping away through my fingers. I need to go out there and get those blue shells while they last. Dude, I can't believe the year is like almost really almost halfway done. Yeah, I know. Like next it week. was just February and then chaos ensued. And now like we time traveled and it ate four months of our lives. You know what? I would say chaos ensued in terms of a luxurious video game collection yeah. entered my house. And I am still going through that garbage, dude. Like I, that whole box, like all of that pile that you see is stuff I need to get rid of right now. Mm. Like, it's so much, and it's kind of ridiculous, man. So, And that's not including the stuff in the garage. I have a whole box of Super Famicom games that I need to get rid of. Or keep. I don't know yet. Because the Dragon Warrior games or Dragon Quest games are in there. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though I can't read Japanese, it's just, like, super cool. That Like, dude, the artwork on those is yeah. awesome. And the cases are in such pristine shape that, like, is it one of those that, even though I can't play it, do I take like all those Japanese games and put them in like a really cool shadow box. Well, I you know? mean, you could still play them. Well, yeah. Google Translate. Well, dude, you know how long that would take? Well, but the other thing too, like that's, that's still an emerging technology. Like if you kept those games, like you really think that you're not going to be able to throw on some glasses and play those games 10 years from now. 10 yeah. years from now, you'll definitely be able to throw on a pair of glasses and play a game in any language. Yeah, but I think they've all been like re-released over the years. Like, I have Dragon Quest, like, 4 and 5 in English. Oh, so you don't need them. No. Other than just for the different box art. Yeah, and it's actually, like, really cool box art. Like, dude, yeah. I love that type of stuff. Like, when I bought it from the guy, I'm like, I don't read Japanese. I don't know Japanese. Well, I bought a bunch of Japanese games in Japan that I may or may not ever play, but I've got them. Now, I do have some, like, Japanese fighting games, like the PlayStation 3 and, and the Wii and whatnot that are 
oh, and even the Sega Saturn now mm-hmm. that are just really cool, like playing Japanese games, like fighting games and like puzzle games and stuff that's not as yeah. like reading heavy, mostly just non RPGs. Yeah, pretty much. Like if you try to play an RPG in Japanese, you're you're going to be in for a bad time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unless you're Japanese, of course, or understand it. Or unless you just like the grind. If you just appreciate the grind and you know which skills are going to be which skills, like they're not going to change position in the boxes, like you could you could still rock through combat pretty easy. Yeah, but I guess it's the more of like, hey, you got to get to X location and, and find you have no X idea why. I, yeah, and yeah. you're like, what the hell is this? Like, and you don't know. You just see the, the symbols. Um, okay, so what, are you done with what you're currently playing? You yeah, more? yeah. I mean, that's it. Like I'm de- Like I said, I'll check out Katamari for next week again. Yeah, for sure. So, my currently playing, uh, of course, still Ark the Lad, still Neverwinter Nights, but not for long. Not for long. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Neverwinter Nights, we finally we're in chapter four. We killed off a couple. I think it's Balors or Balors. I forget the name. Balors. Balors. Uh, killed a couple of those. Killed a wizard. And uh, overall, we finally killed Lady Arabeth. And so now that Lady Arabeth is gone, uh, we can probably progress further into the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm pretty stoked about that. And um, after we beat this, we are looking at Lumo on the PS4. It's a puzzle-based game, but it kind of has, like, the same look and feel as, um, like, Super Mario, uh, not Galaxy, but... It has like a 3D Mario vibe going for it, like mm-hmm. the the more the more recent one, uh, Super Mario on the Odyssey. Odyssey, yeah. It has kind of an Odyssey vibe for a few of the levels, and it also feels kind of like Ukulele, the mm-hmm. first one, not the second one. So we're gonna start playing Lumo pretty soon. It's five and a half, four hour game. That's our next big one, and then we're gonna jump into Ukulele two and play that, and that'll be two more games. That, that should be right year. up your alley because I've heard people say that that's like. That's like a new modern day Donkey Kong country. Yeah, Ukulele 2 um, really does look a lot like Donkey Kong from what I've seen. The that's Tropical your, Freeze. That's your jam. Oh, yeah, dude. I love Donkey Kong. Now, we were looking at it was um, Freedom Planet, which was a limited run game also on, I think, Steam. And that one had like Sonic vibes going on. So basically, we pulled like 10 games off the shelf and I threw them in front of my wife and was like, all right, which ones do you have any interest in? And we started looking at different trailers and whatnot to see if we'd be interested in playing those. And right off the bat, she saw Freedom Planet. It was like, that looks like Sonic. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> so so sorry, Sega and Saturn Shiro. We're very sorry. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of what we're doing after Neverwinter Nights. And then Arkvalad 3, I have obviously been very invested in that game. Um, I've pumped close to 50 hours into that thing now. I'm on like Mission 73. It's not that it's getting slow and I just want it to be done. It's just that the missions are getting longer and I've been playing it at night. So I'm like halfway asleep and trying to play a mission and falling asleep in the middle of battle. And it's just taking longer than I would have expected. So I'm hoping uh, hoping next week to have that one complete so I can move on to my next game. Uh, it'll likely not be a PS4 game, seeing as the uh, next two games for me are PS4. Uh, but maybe it'll be a PS3 game, so I'm not sure. We'll see. Uh, well, that's all for me this week, dude. And that was quite a lot. But that's not all for gaming, so let's jump into our news. Uh, this week, we're going to go ahead and... Uh, last week, we obviously talked about Sega having this crazy big announcement. We were speculating, is it, you know, an Xbox Dreamcast 2? Is it, uh, you know, a new well, Nobody mini- was ready for this announcement. No, <laughs> No online rumor mill could possibly produce the results that actually occurred. Yeah, no, no rumor mill at all. I mean, there were probably some that thought it might be like a streaming type service, but nobody was ready for uh, Game Gear Micro uh, and really just a bad launch on that one already ahead of them. And uh, Fog Gaming, which is really now that I've had a week to digest this and think about it, is actually pretty innovative. So I want to open up with the uh, Game Gear Micro, because I'm going to stand here today before having any hands-on with this device at all and say that I think that it is a tremendously awesome, cool thing, and I really want at least one, and I really hope that they come to America, because, like, this would be this would be something that I would almost want to do for my first, like, import thing. But it's a tiny little... 
Game Gear, like little tiny, like think about the size of a Tamagotchi if you're old enough to remember Tamagotchis. If you're not, think about like a, I don't know, a Zippo maybe with a screen on it that can also run on an internal battery or two AAA batteries. Leave it to Sega to still come out with a battery-powered console. You know, but uh, you, oh, my, my wife was actually talking about that today. We were doing some dusting around the entertainment center. And the first thing she looks at is all the cables. It goes, why do we have so many cables? Like, can a video game maker just make a, like, wireless game console where you don't, like, it just, it's charged and that's it. Like, you don't have any wires. I'm like, that's some futuristic type stuff right there. I could see where they could have, like, something laid out where you could put the game on top and it self-charges or always stays charged on, like, a platform type of deal. But I don't think we'll ever get, a, get rid of, like, batteries and... Uh, you know, cables and anything of that nature, at least in the next 10 years. Well, yeah. five, five years. But go on, Ryan. Oh, so anyways, these uh, these Game Gear Micros, they are coming out with four of them in different colors, and each of them is going to have a collection of four games on them. Uh, you've got, like, one or two that have some Sonic games. you got one that's basically just all Shining Force in a puzzle game, and one that's... Um, Last Bible, which is a Shin Megami Tensei series games, and I think all of them have at least one puzzle game on them. And since it's only gonna be as of now a Japanese release, that's kind of sad. But you know, I've heard a lot of people say that if you could crack it and put like whatever you want on there, would be worth it. I think just as like a little tiny thing to have in your pocket to pull out like in line at the bank like that'd be a sweet way to cruise through some sonic or something and i think that the best point that i can come across with and why i'm really championing this device is because if this does well they can make little tiny game boy colors in all the different colors like little green one and like the clear plasticky uh, purple one, you know, all the different colors, and each one has, like, a few different games on it. You could collect them, and it would be awesome, and I would love to live in that world of consumerism. And, of course, uh, with it being Nintendo, there would be false demand and inflation caused by it. I would uh, expect no less. I would expect no less but, from But, I mean, Nintendo. that would be hotcakes. That oh, would yeah. be, like, and you could chuck it out there for, like, 30 bucks instead of the 50 bucks that these Game Gears are going to need because you don't need to put two AAA batteries in it. That's dumb. Oh, you know damn well Nintendo would be asking 60 to 80 for those, man. they probably preload with like 10 different games. Right. Yeah, mini well, Game Boys. That would be twice the price of this and better. And they could call it the Game Boy Pocket. Already. They already have one. I know, dude. I'm just The Game Boy Color Pocket. This is the second time I've used that same joke and I've been twice told they already have one. I'm like, I know. It's a bad joke, John. It, okay, maybe it is. All right. So uh, the other thing which I thought was really, really cool. Um, well, didn't think initially and I don't think anybody thought initially. We were just like, we didn't what? know. We we're like, what the hell is this? Yeah, Having a few days for some people to write some articles. Some people like uh, Stephen. Uh, just I, say Stephen. Stephen with Screen Rant. Okay. Yeah, he wrote this article, Sega is trying to fix game streaming with Fog Gaming. So Fog Gaming is a new system that Sega is working on to kind of enhance cloud gaming. And they would do this by using their Sega arcade consoles, you know, in the arcades. Well, arcade cabinets. Cabinet console. It's no, it isn't. You're going to get some arcadey people going on us. and, and Okay. Yeah, they're going to be like, don't cabinets. listen to game the flavors. They call cabs consoles. Okay. These cabs, they'll use them to run your streaming games closer to you from wherever the origin source would be. So instead of streaming from wherever game streams, wherever they keep the clouds, like in, in Xbox's big cloud warehouse that you walk in and it's just all billowy white and full of games and wonder like wherever that is you probably are going to live closer to a sega arcade cabinet so hopefully your, your signal can be faster and you can cut down on that relay time it would be a way to generate money for the people who own the cabinets and own the arcades like they've taken a big hit because of all the covid nonsense so this would be another revenue stream now, in another article that I read by Cal Jeffrey at TechSpot, he kind of goes into some more detail about um, 
the system that it uses is called all.in and it is a service that helps the it's like the backbone network for the arcade cabinets to be able to communicate with each other and keep track of like global high scores and stuff so that service is i guess aggressively priced or just expensive and a lot of arcades are cutting that service right now to save money during this time that they're either not open or have to be open with like restrictions or something so if if sega is going to do this and they're going to need that network in place there might be room in there for Sega to acquire them or merge with them or make some kind of deal with them and there's still some other holes that are well these are going to be Sega arcade cabinets a lot of those games or some of those games don't have input devices that you can readily like use at home so are you going to be streaming those games that are on those cabinets or are you going to be streaming a service like would Sega come out with its own service would it just use this technology and sell that as a way to like get stadia to give them money to host them closer to your home and where is this really going to be functional like definitely in Japan where Sega has like a huge hold on you know a thriving arcade market during regular times but you're not going to find a lot of that out here. I don't know, like, unless you're, unless you live, uh, where's Galloping Ghosts? Oh, uh, somewhere out in suburbs of, just outside of Chicago. Yeah, so maybe if you live in Chicago and they flip the switch on this, maybe you can have really awesome streaming. Well, and we've got, out here, we've got a Starfighters Arcade, so fun But do they have, them. like, like, big modern Sega cabinets? I don't think so. No, I don't think they got a big modern Sega cabinet. Well, yeah. Galloping Ghost doesn't either. Galloping Ghost is all like Starfighters on steroids. Oh, they don't have like any newer stuff? I thought they would have newer stuff too, They might have like a new cab or two, but for okay. the most part, all their stuff is like retro. So yeah, so unless you... vintage. Yeah, unless you live somewhere where like you've got access to this resource, it's not really going to benefit you, but it, you know... Everybody's working together. You what know, about, we talked about Sony and Xbox coming together to work for trying to promote streaming games and trying to get that technology under control and up to snuff. So this is just Sega jumping in. Now. Well, what about casinos? Like, I think casinos might run off of a very similar type of structure, right? Or yeah, but I, I would mean, imagine they have boards and stuff too. Yeah, but I don't know that the you want your gambling machines hooked up to the internet. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, we yeah. want them connected <laughs> to the internet, but they probably don't. Yeah, I, I don't know that having slot machines hooked up to the internet is a great idea. And I don't know that they need, like... They don't really need the revenue. Yeah. They make plenty of money as yeah. is. Yeah. Off of cigarettes, booze, and people's lives and souls yeah uh, maybe the patchy parlors maybe the patchy parlors will do it that's true maybe somebody but i think little... that's i think that's more konami i know that konami has a lot of patchy games i don't know how much sega's into gambling machines i don't know uh, that's you know what we could probably ask the sega uh, shiro podcast right sega Saturn well shiro. he's got one of those awesome calves i wonder if that one's new enough to have this type of support no i think his is older is his older i want to say his is an older cab oh, okay uh yeah he God, he, I think he had it shipped in or he drove out and got it. I don't remember exactly. Uh, we'd have to go back to that episode, which was, I think, episode 80. So catch that episode if you want. Um, but, dude, this is actually pretty cool. So the more and more I thought about it, the more awesome it is. So you're basically daisy-chaining arcades, killing latency issues, opening up potential revenue for Sega. This is really setting them up for what could really be like a next-generation console war. And they're ahead of a game. I mean... Xbox has Project X Cloud, and you know Sony's got you know PlayStation Now for their streaming, and uh, Steam obviously probably has something out there. Stadia, yeah, Stadia's got their stuff going on. So you've, I guess, is Atari VCS in that game? No, no, they're not. They have a whatever the hell they built. So you've got all oh, these. Oh yeah, I didn't read that. I saw the picture of it. And I was like, I'm not interested in no, whatever Atari's got. That's like the new Intellivision that came out. I'm like, what the hell is this? It looks like trash. <laughs> so yeah, you've got all these companies kind of jumping into the, the cloud gaming space, but nobody's really got, you know, we're talking infrastructure, right? So when you look at the infrastructure setting uh, for like 
you know, Microsoft or Sony. Sony's using like the Azure platform and everything through Microsoft that are, you know, obviously showing money over Microsoft's way. And Microsoft obviously has infrastructure in place of whatever servers and whatnot that they handle. So Sega's really kind of saying, look, we've got this infrastructure throughout an entire country and it's already ours. We own it. Yeah. We can totally sell this service. We could totally give it to people to make revenue on their side. Makes me wonder if on the consumer side, if I were in Japan and bought a cab, would I be able to make some money on the side? Well, you'd have to be a part of that uh, all-in.net or all.in or... Well, whatever it's called. And like I said, I mean... Well, if uh, it gets acquired kind of on your... The basis of your, um, you know, prediction here, if they acquire all in or all dot in, uh, you know, can the general consumer all dot net all dot net. So can the general consumer at that point potentially, you know, make some money at home? It doesn't have to be a lot, but enough money to, you know, kind of warrant keeping a cab in the house. So who knows? Uh, but overall, I think it's really cool. I think it's an awesome move by Sega. Um, you know, we all kind of saw this as like, what the hell is you know, what Sega is this Fog. giant 60th anniversary going to be? But the more you look at it, the more like game changing it is for the overall industry. Well, and just super like unexpected. Like who thought Sega would like skip going into console wars and go straight into like online streaming wars? And it doesn't even have to be like their own stuff. Like this is them saying we want to be the backbone of this infrastructure and, you know, making this happen. Mm. So they're straight up just being like, we don't even need to bother about, you know, with developing anything or we're just going to keep making our money for our arcades. We're going to keep producing our IPs and putting that stuff out on multiple platforms. So you give us money to make games. And on top of that, we're going to make more money through this like, yeah, just another diversification. It's yeah. They're diversifying, you know what they're doing. And I mean, kudos to them. Plus that game gear micro as dumb as I think it is. I think it's gonna, adorable. Okay, it's adorable. And the magnifying glass is actually pretty hilarious. So, yeah, I think they're they're in a good position, interestingly enough, I feel. At least in Japan. In the U.S., eh, not so much, right? Yeah. We get a Sonic game over here that's kind of trash every now and then. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then we also get Yakuza, so that's kind of a positive. Mm-hmm. But, dude, I, I was seriously thinking it was going to be so much bigger than that. Well, I mean, we can... <laughs> We could say that we hoped it would be bigger, but honestly, like, if Sega said that they were going to come out with a new console, like, would it really, like, would it really come out with a new console, like, on the terms of next generation gaming? Probably not. It probably would have been, I mean, some other form of mini or some other form of, you know, nostalgia bait. Or maybe just like a Sonic head. A mini Dreamcast? would have made them piles of cash if done right a mini dreamcast would have made them piles of cash for sure they should make a a retro console in the shape of sonic's head but not good sonic like nightmare fuel trailer sonic you're crazy (laughs) (laughs) okay so uh also talking of awesome things um that have been announced so i think this one's been out there for a while but well it was going to be a movie yeah and now it's not well i have heard trailer for quite or not trailer but series for quite a while so the last of us is going to be an hbo series and uh, the first episode is being directed by the guy that did um the chernobyl short series oh that was so good did you guys watch that no we haven't yet but i heard it was good oh it's phenomenal i mean it's uh it's really interesting and the acting is really good i mean if you want to know about like the real like truth behind it I mean, it's definitely, you know, a dramatization and they definitely like take people who were real people and meld those people into a new character for the sake of plot and time and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was really good. It was really compelling to watch all the way through. So uh, I'm not super crazy with uh, The Last of Us. I played through some of it and I just wasn't really that into it. Like, I definitely stopped before the story, like, really picked up, but I just wasn't, like, into the sneaking so much. I wasn't really into, like, the, I don't know. At the time, I was just fatigued by all those, like, zombie games and and stuff like that and The Walking Dead, and I just, I wasn't really in the right mood, but I would totally eat it as a series, and that might compel me to want to play the games more. 
So for me, The Last of Us was a ton of fun, and I didn't see it from a standpoint of you know gameplay. When I was playing Last of Us, it was purely for me story driven. So that's where that's it was what for I me. hear. So yeah. is this gonna like enhance or replace? the first game like maybe they're maybe they're gonna do this like this isn't even gonna happen until after the second game comes out so well that's when they're directing it i think they they start filming i want to say after the second game is what it said well they'll start filming whenever all this nonsense clears up and they're allowed to film well i think california said they could start filming soon oh really yeah so they're gonna be opening that up pretty soon here um but no so this is through uh, matt fowler at ign i'm pretty sure we've covered an article of his in the past so um good a good mini article here just kind of outlining what's going to be happening who the director is and they got some pictures of potential yeah people i, I want to say they already i should probably should look into this more i want to say they already have a cast of who they're going to have i don't remember offhand you can look that up i guess but one of the interesting things is that they've noticed that ellie is still going to be a lesbian in the show so I don't recall her being a lesbian in the first game, but for sure that's, uh, I guess, spoilers or whatever are already done. But um, she's supposed to be lesbian in the second game, and that's kind of like the whole premise for that one is a loved one uh, being killed or something, and she's out to seek revenge. I think that's pretty much what the trailer conveys. Uh, and this is me not looking for spoilers, obviously, because I'm, I've am i been wanting this game for quite a while. Uh, but dude, I am totally stoked for an hbo series of last of us you know i don't care about the whole like ellie's a lesbian and she's got this whole revenge thing like uh, for me last of us was a great story i think number two is going to be a great story no matter what your beliefs are in that sector and then we got this awesome show that's coming in and, and really i hope that we get a comic series at some point like all of those things would be super sweet dude and for a really story focused series this is gonna be awesome yeah so no no actual announcement on the the casting yet i think that's why they have those like who could it be because i know a lot of people when something is getting adapted to film like oh my gosh i remember being in high school when twilight was getting announced and my friend she was like all like pissed that they didn't choose the actor that she wanted to play the guy so here here would be my two potentials and i don't know his first name but the guy played jamie lannister Oh, he's Wait. mentioned in this article. Oh, is he? Well, yeah, not I... this article, but the article I was just oh, okay. looking at. I was going to say, I didn't see him on there. Or Hugh Jackman would actually be pretty interesting. Yeah, he's in the picture on the yeah, yeah. article. And so then... those would be my two picks uh, mm -hmm. for Joel, um, for sure. I mean, those guys like fit that description, that like rugged type of look with the beard and everything. Like They could totally pull it off, but I would say more so Jamie Lannister, mm -hmm. for sure. I, I don't know the actor's name. Uh, but he would be awesome. I can't think of anybody for Ellie, like a young Ellie. And then other characters, it's been so long since I played Last of Us, I, I should probably play it again. But I want to play Last of Us 2 more. So, yeah, that'll have to wait. Well, it'll come out soon. Yeah, is that a game? Like You pre-ordered that, right? Dude, I pre-ordered the Collector's Edition on that bad boy. So, but I mean, is that going to be a game like... I mean, I know you've got... That's a day one, dude. Like, you've I don't got care. a hole coming up soon in I your schedule. Are you going to pick that up and play that right away? Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay. Like that, I was hoping to finish Ark the Lad faster. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, 100%. Last of Us 2 is going to... Like, that has to be my next game that I play. There you and go. I've got 12 days to finish Ark the Lad and Neverwinter Nights so I can get into uh, some Last of Us 2. Totally stoked. And then after that is a Ghost of uh, Tsushima. Oh, yeah. Because that comes out, I think, July. Cool. So, dude, I am like June, July, lockdown, brand new PS4 exclusives. We'll probably be on PS5 as well. But we'll actually be talking new content on our podcast, which is kind of a rarity. Yeah, I know. If freaking uh, Sony hadn't delayed their thing, understandable why it was delayed. I'm not criticizing their choice to delay it or anybody's choice to delay things in today's day and age. Like, it's definitely... Definitely, you know, whatever they want to do, however they want to approach those, you know, relations is how they want to, you know, do it as best for them. But come on. I'm tired of the speculation. I must know these facts. I need to know what the PS5 is going to be. Yes. Yeah, so, you know what uh, it's look like. Our, our listeners out there, I was talking to Ryan the other day and he's like, God damn Sony and moving the thing. I just, I seriously just want to stop talking PS5. I just want to move on. Yeah, once we've all doing. seen it, it'll be old hat. Like, does anybody talk about the Series X anymore? No. 
No. Nobody talks. We saw what it looked like, and nobody wants to talk about it anymore. Well, and I guess that's where Sony's kind of in the plus, right? They waited and waited and waited, and we're just kind of like, come on, just get this crap over with. And now we're going to be, you know, five months into holiday season when it's supposed to be there. And this is probably the most secretive anybody's been about like a console launch close this close to launch. Like it's going to come out in five months, and we don't even know what it looks like. Two ninety nine. <laughs> I wish. Oh, yeah, that's true. They did announce that console and release it that day. Dude, I have seen over the years between PlayStation or, 3, PlayStation 4, and yeah. PS5, I've seen so many concept art pieces on what these consoles would look like. It is stupid. So uh, I don't like most of them. I don't like the idea of some like big glowy blue line that runs like in a weird pattern across the top of the PlayStation or whatever. Like, It's just a waste of power. Well, and it, it's so not what you know xbox was going for like there there's this very utilitarian like it's not going to take up a great amount of space and it's not going to be like a centerpiece like you definitely feel fine just putting it on a shelf or just putting it in your entertainment center and not worrying about it but it's like if you've got like a big white ps5 with a giant glowy line on it like I'm I'm not gonna put it like next to my TV, you know, on a shelf or like I'm not gonna display the console most likely. Like yeah. some people who have a setup where they can, that'll be cool for them. But it's like I I don't I'd rather have something not so gaudy. I was just thinking about this. Have they mentioned anything about not having an HDMI, like it being a wireless hookup? No, that's not a thing. Yeah, it is. I've done wireless HDMI. I stuff know, all but the it's time. like super expensive. No, it isn't. It was last time I looked into it. Oh, well, no, I mean, it's not that expensive, but that would still be cool if you could but just But the latency really... is an issue for well, people. Well, I mean, it depends on where it is in a household, too. But yeah, you're right. The Wi-Fi component would suck. I don't know. I wish we could get there faster so I don't have HDMI cables floating around everywhere. Yeah. But hardware connections are, I guess, always That's better. what you were just talking about earlier. I know. No, I was talking about charging. I wasn't talking about no cable hookups on, like, to a TV. Oh, okay. Yeah kind of different i guess um but no dude um i'm i'm pretty stoked about all of this in general and uh hopefully sony shows us what this console looks like here pretty soon so we could stop speculating and start talking about the next generation of gaming from an actual non-rumor standpoint get the facts out hashtag tell us the facts yeah that and sega fail okay so uh Dude, you want to open up here into our Inflation Deflation Game of the Week? So, this week on the Inflation Deflation Challenge, we have Katamari Damacy for the PS2. And it was developed by Namco, published by Namco, directed by uh, Kita Takahashi, released September 2004. It is a puzzle action game. And it got really good reviews. It got like an 8 or 9 out of 10 when it came out. I remember when this game came out seeing like the full page uh, ad for it, like in Game Informer or whatever I was reading at the time. And being like, wow, this is so bright and colorful. And the reviews, everybody said that it was like just a super light, fun game that was just so Japan. You had no idea what was coming. And... uh, it really stood out at my mind as kind of the same effect that like like what Untitled Goose Game had last year or what um, My Friend Pedro. I didn't hear th- much about that. I'm just throwing that out there because that was a pickup I forgot to mention. Yeah, or um, I don't know, any of those kind of games that are just about... Just playing. Just, yeah, oh, just goat, playing goat, and goat having... Simulator. Yeah, and having fun. Yeah, Goat Simulator. Or farming. That farm simulator. Yeah. So it's kind of like a way to just zone out and chill and enjoy, like, the wacky, crazy Japanese-isms that are going on and the creative art style and the, uh, the locations are very, like, they change over time as you grow your ball. Basically, okay... Start at the beginning. Tell them what this game is, John. Ryan did a poor we're, we're job. We're talking folks. about I'm it. Sorry. I, I didn't tell you anything about how this game plays or what it's like. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for those of you that live under rocks or Katamari balls and have not actually played this before, 
So, Kanamari, you got this little tiny character, and you've got this, like, god the of the sky, right? So, yeah, you're the prince, but you got this god of the sky that shoots rainbows and lasers out of his eyes. It's crazy. But the he's overall... the king of all cosmos. Even I know that. John. I know, I know. But still, he's a rainbow man. So, uh, basically, you've got this ball, and you have to collect objects on Earth to be able to make stars. And you collect tons of junk, and you roll it into a ball. And the overall objective is you pick up little items with your ball, and as the ball gets bigger with the little items it collect, you collect bigger items and bigger items. So it gets to a point, uh, we didn't get this far in the game, but I've played it many times over the years, where you start off with something as small as like thumbtacks, and you expand to like gallop, you know, like collecting people and animals and horses and all this other stuff to small cars to overall buildings. I think there's. Uh, one of the games, I don't think it was this one, it might be We Love Katamari, but you can literally like collect buildings in the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. And you're in the ocean collecting boats, and it's absolutely crazy. It's And a ton you're of just fun. pushing a ball around, just trying to pick up all the stuff, and it's just, they, they make this fun, bright, beautiful world, and they put all these little objects, like, it's fun to... After you finally hit whatever your mark is, like the first level is like you have to get a 10 centimeter ball in five minutes or something. And it'll tell you at the end, like you collected mostly stationary, some snacks and a few of these things. And it'll show you like a little item of like what the thing you collected the most is or something or maybe something new you caught. I don't know exactly how it works, but something like that. And you just get like a little low. You did it. Good job. Yeah. yeah. No, it, no, like, real hardcore pressure, but we did try to do one. We tried to do the uh, Make Cancer. Oh, and, that one I uh, crushed. I got, like, 63 centimeters, which was, like, three times the size of what you needed. Well, you started at, like, no, 22. No, that one was... Uh, that was just timed, right? That one was 81. 81? You didn't make that one. I didn't? No, you crushed the first one. Okay, the first one I crushed. Yeah, the then. first one that you did, you crushed, and then you tried to do that one, you did not make it. And gotcha. I kicked John's ass. I beat him twice oh, in yeah. versus mode. Back-to-back victories. He actually did. It's a rarity. We're going to have to play some Sega beat-em-ups, I guess, to get my mojo back. Uh, yeah, so it's actually a really cool game. So if you haven't played the Katamari series, they have them on PlayStation 2, PlayStation Vita. Not this exact one. Uh, Xbox 360 has one. There's definitely one on PS3. And I don't think they have any next-gen ones. I'm not sure, but you probably I'm can sure find it on I'm sure it's, like, Steam. re-released on the PS Network, though. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you could download an old one or something. Yeah, or Steam. Steam might have them. I don't think these were, like, console exclusive. PlayStation, I don't know. PlayStation 2 had it, obviously, because that was the console at that time. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a fun series. The um, controls were a little wonky. So this is a this is a game where you well, need we to the use the... One, right? Yeah, you need to use the DualShocks in kind of, like, a tank control type motion so if you want to turn you have to push forward with one and push down with the other in order to rotate you can rotate yourself around the ball as well you can jump for whatever reason i never really figured out reasons to jump i guess to collect the stuff that you can i wasn't tall enough to grab with the ball maybe you could speed up yeah you could speed up you could like do like a charging smash so there's like not too much in the way of like gameplay interaction but the controls are challenging enough that it's not just a super easy mindless thing like you do kind of get into that zone where like doing the controls and you're like oh you're trying to grab all the stuff and like i i don't know about you but in the versus mode it's like a big circular arena and there's lots of stuff that's like rotating in one direction or the other so it's like once you finally realize oh i'm big enough to grab these things and then you try to like get in a line going the way that they're coming at you so you could collect them faster and trying to keep that that curve like i could see after playing this game for a while where you could probably get really good and precise with the controls instead of just kind of like sweeping like a roomba that's just kind of blindly bumping into stuff and trying to rotate around yeah, it's uh, to Ryan's point. Yeah, the, the controls are a bit challenging, but it's got some fun music in the background, fun little characters. Yeah, the music was great. It's super Japanese, like the the colors in this thing, the characters themselves. Uh, it's it's awesome. Like it's one of those games that if you don't have it, it's I think it's a must own for a PlayStation Two owner and even in the PS3 and Xbox 360. So well, if you. Uh, do must own it how much must you own it for john i was just going to get into the brass tacks here sir so a complete in box copy of uh katamari damacy at this point is running at about 1380 and uh that peaked back at 1595 february 15th uh no february 
2015. February 2015. Wow, not February 15th. Gaff on my end. And, uh, you know, price charting started recording data on this in March of 2013. So uh, the game itself is actually trending downward in price, which is interesting. I guess it's just not a, a big seller at this point Yeah, in it's time. just got a little dip right now. Like, yeah. it's still kind of, like, up near you know that peak area yeah it's it's up yeah. there like it's definitely not way down but it's probably peaked for what it's going to peak for for the next couple months for sure and then a loose copy of this is running at 1055 right now that peaked at 1679 december of 2007 uh but as we said uh, price charting really didn't start recording uh complete in box until march of 2013 so i would imagine the complete in box was probably peaking at around you know, 20 to 25 for a used copy at that point in time mm -hmm. in 2007. And uh, that one's just kind of holding its place at this point. So, you know, when we start thinking about this game, Ryan, and it's like, you know, the overall controls, the overall game itself and, and what you're trying to accomplish, uh, you know, the overall fun that we had just kind of in that period of time between the battle mode, collecting stuff and like, you know, you're on a you're on a time limit, right? Like you've got five minutes to collect as much as you can yeah. and just mindlessly roll through these different worlds, trying to get whatever you can to make these stars. And, uh, you know, for me, I would honestly say that at 1380, this game is seriously deflated. I think easily if you found this at 15 bucks, you would not be doing yourself a disservice. And even if you found it, say, a year from now at $20, it's still totally worth it. It's such a fun game. It's definitely one that you, you have to own. You have to have in your collection. Yeah, my thing is that this is one of those times where this is definitely a game worth buying. And 1380 is definitely a good price to buy it for. But who's buying these loose discs for 11 bucks? Like, who wants a loose disc of, like, I mean, it's not like, I wouldn't say it's a must-own. Like, I think it's a fun game, and you could probably own any one of them True. in the series and probably get an almost equivalent experience. But, like, who's spending $11 on a loose disc game like this? Like, when it's only, like, two bucks more for an inbox copy. Like, I, I would say stay away from loose games unless it's, like, crazy rare game that you're absolutely have to play yeah if you're talking something like a rule of rose which is like 400 right now or 350 yeah and the difference is like 150 dollars between a loose disc and a standard copy not saying it's worth that much money because it's definitely not in my opinion but when you're talking a two dollar difference it's worth it for the case yeah for sure like worth it for the case of manual and if it's not manual and it's just case it's still worth it to have a case like you know, I just don't understand the whole disc only movement. But, you know, there are some people out there that they just do discs. They don't care I about mean, cases and they, I guess they throw them into a sleeve and that's it. Yeah. And I guess if you're just collecting to play the games and not necessarily display the games, I mean, more power to you. I guess you could get one of those big CD binders. And I did at one point. Yeah. When I first started collecting, I actually that's what pisses me off. I took so many of my PlayStation one games and put them into that type of a situation where it just scratched every time they came out. And that's one thing that loose disc collectors don't think about is when you have one of those types of situations where it's just kind of, let me pop it into my game case and take it out every now and then, you're rubbing that disc every time and making small lines on mm. there. Versus with the overall case, it's like, pop it out gently, pop it in the system, and put it back in. I have so many games. All the pressure's on the center, not where the data is. Well, I wouldn't even say that much, man. I would just say that you don't risk scratching that surface. Yeah. You know, as much as you would by, you know, putting inside one of those uh, cases. Uh, but, dude, I think it's great. So you're on the lines of uh, deflated as well. Definitely worth it at that point. Maybe a yeah. little more. Yeah, I'll say that uh, you could probably enjoy picking this up for... A little more, but I would say that I would say it's just right, actually, because like with whatever, whichever one, if you're if you're looking specifically for Katamari Damacy, that's the game we're talking about today. If you're specifically looking for that game, it's definitely worth this price. But if you're just looking to play a Katamari game, I think that it would be worth it to just get whichever one is the most affordable or most available because you're going to get a similar experience probably whichever one you play. Don't quote me on that. I haven't played all of them. I don't know. But I'm saying go with whatever the cheapest one you can find or go with this one for 1380 if it's 
the one you gotta have to finish off your collection for sure so uh yeah i guess uh, you're at just right i'm at um deflated. deflated so realistically the game's deflated there we go there we go because it's, it's slightly deflated from you're just right yep okay so um i think next week dude we play this beat down fists of vengeance yeah so uh, i'm holding beat down fist of vengeance for the xbox and i don't know it's not exclusive so i don't maybe it's on like pc or something uh but yeah it looks like uh i don't know man it looks like a fighting game or i see one guy that has like is, is it a beat-em-up is that a weed whacker i don't know man i can't tell if it's a beat-em-up or what it says recruit rob interrogate beat down and cancel so recruit enemies on your side uh, pummel your foes ruthless gang by choosing up to 100 characters that's interesting has a multiplayer which includes versus and team battle modes so uh yeah i don't know man we'll figure out what the hell this is awesome yeah so i think this one's actually um a mildly pricey game it's not super high maybe in the 20s for complete inbox copy so yeah we'll see what this is worth and kind of go from there all right we'll give the beat down to beat down next week here on the game Slayers podcast uh and of course you can find us on all of those wonderful podcast applications itunes spotify apple podcast uh google play podcast addict anywhere podcasts are found give us a six star review but we'll settle for five and of course find us on social media at game deflators on twitter and at the game deflators on instagram and facebook so ryan anything else to close out this episode yeah uh once again if you guys if you came here because you heard us on the game tenants podcast and you were like wow those guys sound cool i want to hear them talk more thank you and, and uh, if you yeah. are here and just hearing us talk about the Game Tenants podcast and you skipped ahead or didn't hear us talk about it earlier, we were just on the Game Tenants podcast. Go check them out. They're awesome dudes. Yep. So uh, that was a great episode of them. And we'll have them on our show here. Uh, I think we're aiming for like July or August. I can't remember. So we'll get them on the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get them on there. And it, it should be pretty cool. We got a couple other uh, podcasts that want to have us on and and vice versa so teamwork makes the dream work for sure so we'll see how that goes here pretty soon should be some pretty cool episodes coming down the pipe all right well that being said you've been listening to episode 83 of the game deflators podcast my name's john i'm ryan and thank you for listening 